This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Watch the left field team. Bam going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Go for Yelich. Cody Bellinger hits one out. Pete Alonso, he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. We are going to have a very interesting night here in Oakland. By the way, it's an absolute beautiful day right now, and hopefully it stays that way. It might uh, get a little chilly, but... uh, As of right now, it's perfect. And we've got a wonderful show for you today. Former All-Star and now broadcaster for the Halos, Mark Gubaza is going to join us at 4.15. We didn't do a show yesterday, so that means Ray Fossey was not on. So we'll have Ray Fossey on today at 4.30. And then James Caprellian who Commander Cody is already calling the new ace of the staff, will join us coming up here at 5 o'clock. So Gooby at 4.15, Fossey at 4.30, and Caprellian at 5 o'clock. Now, I had, a, I had a certain way I wanted to open up today's show, but that changed when I showed up today to the ballpark And, you know, the media entrance, we have the same security people there every game. So it's the same guys. And I've known these guys forever. And I come walking up, and they go, um, because I'm really off the grid right now. I'm not on Twitter. I got a new iPhone that can't figure out how to set it up. So I'm, I'm, seriously, this is like being back in the 70s or 80s. I might just go get a beeper to make it official. But so I, sh- I show up and they go, hey, uh, what do you think about uh, June 29th? And I go, what do you mean? We're, f- we're going to be fully open on June 29th. And I went, here in Oakland? And they go, yeah, just came out. So how about that, A's fans? We're not that far away because you got to remember what we're looking at here is you got these four. And then after this, the A's are going back on the road. The A's are going to go back on the road. Let's see. That's What's the day today? Today's the 27th. Yeah. Nothing like a Seattle-Colorado road trip coming up. Oh, but that's May. I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking at the calendar. The wrong. So, you're basically going to have one more homestand. That's two against Arizona, four against Kansas City, three against the Angels. And then when they come back from a road trip, that's New York, Texas, San Francisco. I'll actually be going to Disneyland on the 17th. We'll be back in business on the 29th. And I think we're doing fireworks on the 2nd against Boston. So uh, I haven't read the email. I know we got the email because I can't get email right now. But... uh, are we talking treehouse back open? Are we talking full on? What, I mean, what are we talking here? I mean, it's a. I mean, we're, we're welcoming all fans back on the 29th. That's going to be against Texas. Now, remember, Texas had fans 
full capacity at their new ballpark on opening day. The Angels are going to have it on June 15th. And I believe the Giants are sometime like June 23rd, I want to say. So it's going to be great to have full capacity at the Coliseum on the 29th. Fireworks on July 2nd against the Red Sox. Uh, nothing like celebrating 4th of July against Boston. Um, so it's going to be exciting to have full capacity. We're getting back to normalcy here in uh, not just California, but the United States. So that's really good to see. That means we're getting closer and closer to hopefully beating this pandemic that's, you know, changed all of our lives the past year and a half. So it's going to be really exciting to have uh, a packed house, hopefully at the Coliseum on the 29th and going forward because days are playing well, although they're not I went back and looked, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer in a moment. But don't be a Debbie Downer to start the show. They're 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 road warriors. They're really good on the road, and uh, gotta you, you got you got to take three or four from the Angels and prove that home record. You got it. You you have to get better at home, <laughs> and you got to get better at home in division. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you, you want to be one of these teams that wins your division, wins a hundred plus games. Well, you can't be playing five hundred ball. Against the against teams in division. Now I know it, it, a lot of it's already been against the Astros, but losing two out of three to to Seattle was bad. But I'm not going to let him bring this show down. <laughs> I'm just excited that we're getting back to normal, that we're going to have full capacity, and all the people that wanted to get in, you know, hopefully you've been fully vaccinated. Hopefully you have a negative COVID nineteen test. And get back in the ballpark and start enjoying summer and, and baseball because we're at a point to I think this is the last week kids are in school if 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 your kids are even in school that's that's crazy and well there's there's more good news uh, I believe in Boston he's called Mitchie four Mitchie two bags while in Oakland we're calling him Mitchie four bags Mitch uh, Mitch Moreland's back from the uh, injured list there Luis Barrera is going back to AAA Las Vegas so Fran getting reinforcements because uh, Fran's struggling a little bit down there in Vegas. Fran's having a little bit, uh, but I, 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 you know, and Fran, Fran we trust. I mean, he built that ballpark down there, so. We are going to see. I've had a little birdie tip me off. Even though Shohei Otani is not going to be in the lineup to start the game, it doesn't mean he's not going to play in the field. If you come to the ballpark tonight, you could be seeing something that you've never seen before in Major League Baseball. Now, that certain guys have done it before, I've never seen it done before with my own eyes. Where a guy is going to start the game on the mound, and then when they take him out, they're not taking him out of the game. They're just going to move him to either DH or to an outfield spot. So, Tani's going to come out blowing 100 miles an hour. Hopefully. Because I heard his velocity was down in his last start. And listen, I'm not rooting for this guy. I just want to see it because what he's doing, I've never seen in my lifetime. You know, you've never, you've never seen a guy lead the league in home runs you never seen a guy who's 6'5", runs like the wind, and then gets up on the mound and has the best split finger in baseball and throws the baseball 100 miles an hour. We've just never seen that. That's what, I'm, I'm excited to see it. It's something you've never seen in your lifetime. And when this guy's got it going, he's got ace-like stuff. The last time the ace saw him, it was either the double or the triple. 
I mean, you, where you, where, you, where he shows his great athleticism. It's unbelievable. Now, I want the A's to win, but I want to see this. This is historic stuff. Uh, yeah, Otani started six games, I believe, so far this year. I, I think it's six games. Uh, how many innings do you think he's pitched in so far? Uh, it's like 30 and a third or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 30 and a third, 45 strikeouts. That's an average about five innings per start. What do you think his longest outing of the year is on the mound? Probably like five and two-thirds. He won seven against Houston. The Angels lost that game, but he did strike out ten. So the, he's 1-0 and on the year with a 2-3-7 ERA. So he's he's very dynamic for them. I want to see him obviously go longer in games. What he does with the bat is very well documented. Uh, I, he's, a, he's a generational talent for me. I mean, I'm, I'm too young. To, I, I didn't see Babe Ruth play. Sorry. I, I mean, I've only ever seen those videos of him pointing the home run out in, uh, in the, what is it, the 32 World Series against the Cubs. Uh, that's the only video I've ever seen of Babe Ruth. So I, sorry, I didn't really, I didn't see any of the highlight tapes. Uh, no offense to the guys who've gone back and watched uh, the game back 37 times of his highlights. I, I haven't never, I never got a chance to see him play. So seeing Otani play and seeing the Angels back in town again. Um, although we, we complained that we didn't see the Angels play. This is now the second time in a week I've seen the Angels. I'm tired of seeing the Angels play already. Um, no Trout. I'm, I, I'm a, a Rendon. I mean, how are you tired of seeing the Angels? Come on. Because you'd rather see the Royals? Uh, well, yeah, we only see them once a year. Well, twice a year. No, I'd rather, I'd rather be in divi- I want to see these teams in division. I want to play. I'm tired of playing a people. Give me the Rangers. We haven't seen them yet. The I'm, Rangers. I'm, I'm, being, I'm kidding. It's, it's good to see the Angels because of, because of Otani. I, Jared Walsh is having a nice year. They have some guys that are worth watching. Yeah, yeah. Position, pl- position player-wise. Pitching-wise, not so much. Well, that's that. Well, that's a good part, and I honestly, I honestly think that this whole experiment with him as a pitcher is kind of it's kind of overrated. I mean, you're talking about a guy who pitches every six days, and then not only does he pitch every six days, this last start they held him back. Yeah. So you're putting your whole staff around this guy. Who you held back a start already, and then he just goes every. I mean, he hasn't gone since what May nineteenth. Yeah, so it's yeah eight days ago. The Angel, the the A's right now in Major League Baseball are tied for second in quality starts among their starters. I remember that six innings of three runs or less. The Dodgers lead all baseball thirty. Where do you think the Angels are? How many quality starts do the Angels starters have on the season? Oh, I would I would bet not a lot. Uh, they have eleven. That's a uh, that's dead. That's fifth among California teams for a start there. Well, how about this? You're you're babying a guy who's given you four to five innings every six days. I don't see the great value in that. I think his value is as an offensive player, and until they can figure out how to get him on that mound as many times as possible, his value isn't as great, I think, as they're trying to make it. Right, I mean, how valuable is a guy that hasn't pitched since May night? If we're just looking at him as a starter and not a position player, I mean, his value—he hasn't pitched since May nineteenth, and then b- before that, he's only pitched in five games. Like you start looking at the A stats right now. I mean, for me, you got to take the ball every five days, and if you're not going to take the ball every five days. And then I have to jerry-rig my starting staff to work around you and your five innings every six days. I just, 
and to, and I, you know, Mark Langston came on the program said, "Hey, listen, he hasn't thrown a whole heck of a lot." Mark Guzzo is going to say the same thing. You got to build him up. But how long is that going to take? And how long is this? How long is this going to go? You know that. You know, I mean, I don't feel bad because I I want the Angels to stink. But well, I saw this in the game notes. The A's are one of three teams in the majors. Uh, um, with the Rangers and Rockies with four pitchers with 10 or more starts, Bassett, Cole Irvin, Manaya, and Frankie Montas. We're talking about the Angels who are, they have six guys going who can't even give them length in games. We got, and we got the A's with four different guys that have already started 10 different games. And Otani, we're talking about Otani who can't even start on six, day, on six days rest. So there, there, there's where you're looking at two different dynamics between two different teams, a team that's contending and a team that's trying to figure things out, especially on the pitching side of things. Where, again, the Angels, I didn't look today, but when we were looking, talking about them before, they came into that last series with the worst ERA in baseball uh, with their pitching staff. So they got to figure things out. And, and, you know, it was a little – I don't know if you got this observation yesterday, but uh, the velocity issue yesterday going from Comprellian to uh, J- uh, Petit for the Mariners, they totally noticed it because when you go from Comprellian to throwing mid-90s to Petit throwing in the you know, high, high 80s, the Mariners started teeing off on it, so that's uh, the velocity difference is it's starting to catch up a little bit. And that was something I've been tracking all year with the you know where the A's rank in velocity amongst their bullpen. So getting the reinforcements of Puck and hopefully Lazardo and, and JB Wendelkin when he comes back, that's going to be a boost to the A's bullpen as well. If Caprellian continues to grow, and your rotation is Bassett, Irvin, Manaya, Montas, and Caprellian. I kind of like that. I, you know, and, and we're going to talk to James coming up here at 5 o'clock. But his style of pitching, where he's getting it, he's going, and he's throwing strikes, and he's challenging people. And he's, us- and he's utilizing his defense behind him. I, I, I really like what I've seen. And then you want to win games? You put Jesus Lazardo in the bullpen. And if A.J. Puck ever comes back, you put him in the bullpen. I mean, A.J. Puck really could be the guy that, you know, he may go two innings coming out of the bullpen, and then you don't see him for three days. But it could be a valuable I was gonna say, if two valuable. innings. And Jesus Cesardo could be another guy that's like that. And, I, you know, we're going to talk to Bob Melvin in the Bob Melvin Show. We'll talk to David Force tomorrow. We'll probably talk to Bob on – Saturday, but that may be where the value is for these young kids right now, the value coming out of the bullpen and be in, you know, being bridge guys. And that's just, I think, kind of a reality because neither of these left-handed arms have proven that they can take the wear and tear of starting every five days. And, you know, Jesus hasn't pitched a you know, both Puck and Jesus have not pitched a lot in their careers. So, and, you know, the best the best ability is availability, and they haven't proven yet that they can do it. So, but you want their arms to help you win games. You know, the bullpen may be in their future until they can really build them up or they can prove they can go every five days. Yeah, and I think, I think before we get to Gooby, I think I saw a stat on Caprellian last night that, or yesterday, that that start in his seven innings yesterday was like his longest start that he's gone since like he was in like low A ball with the Yankees. So, the seven innings, if you can keep building off of that, he's getting better and better in each start. 
that's a good that's a good first step for the A's, and you can keep getting the length out of Lazardo and Puck. Uh, that that's that's really good steps going forward for the A's bullpen because these guys throw hard, and that's something that the velocity they need that out of coming out of their bullpen. And one thing about Caprellian, he doesn't feel he has to strike everybody out. So that doesn't drive your pitch count up. So that means you're not out in the fifth inning. He's proven so far he can pitch out of jams. This is his time coming back from injury. He and his dad are loving every minute of it. Doug, who's become a TV star. It's been a great story. All righty, earlier today, we caught up with the former All-Star and a World Series champion, and he now does television for the Angels, our buddy Mark Gubaza. Here's my conversation with Gooby. Gooby, how are you? We miss seeing you up here in the Bay Area. Yeah, Chris, it's always one of my fun. I just talked with Jose Moda how much fun we have going up there to Oakland, you know, and it's hanging out at the ballpark and seeing the fans and they get into their team, and uh, I miss being up there in Oakland. You know, I, I, I was listening to your – or I was watching your guys' broadcast the other day on my computer, and I loved how they were comparing – the way your right leg was so low to the ground like Tom Seaver, and it was like, wow. It's like you guys are, like, identical almost the way you guys pitched. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why as soon as I made it up to the major leagues, I, I sought out Tom Seaver just to talk to him about this and a number of different things and, and how he stayed healthy banging his knee on that, you know, the dirt on the pitcher's mound. And he just told me, hey, if you ever played basketball, you know, growing up, you had that little white knee pad, just put it underneath your uniform on your knee, and you're going to be fine going forward. You know, as a 5'9 college pitcher, there's no way I could have done that. Is that something because of your size being 6'6"? Uh, you know, it's the, the funny thing behind that is a lot of people thought it would be much easier if you were a little bit shorter to do that because there's a lot of moving parts being 6'5", and it's more difficult to use that you know leverage I would have to be able to work downhill like that. But uh, like I said, watching Seaver and even, you know, even going back to watching Jim Palmer as a kid growing up, I mean, Steve Carlton was one of my all-time favorites. He was a lefty, though, so I watched Seaver and Palmer, the way they pitched, and just tried to emulate those guys as much as possible, even though you only got to see them, you know, Saturday game of the week or, or postseason games or maybe Monday night baseball. But uh, as much as I could see them and watch them, that's how I learned how to pitch. You know, I'm a little disappointed tonight that Shohei Otani is not in the lineup. I know we've talked about this. I want to I, I want to see this guy every single time the A's play the Angels because he truly has a skill set that we have never seen before. I mean, you can pitch and hit at the same time. We see we see. I mean, it's happened in college for years. Uh, why is he not in the lineup tonight? Uh, I think this. I think the focus really for him tonight and, and then the importance of this game going against Oakland and, and the need to set the tone, especially when you think about overall stuff on our starting staff, he's the number one guy. So I think the concentration level for him just pitching is the most important thing. And, and, and you, you look how many games he's pitched in and, and hit this year. I mean, it, it's pretty taxing to do all the things he's done. So, But don't be surprised if you see him swing the bat today. Just, I'll give you that inside info. You might see him at some point. You know, if he doesn't start the game, there's always a possibility you might see him, you know, moving into a spot in the DH role and then moving out to the outfield at some point. So it's not inconceivable that he, if it's a close game, you might see him swinging the bat in the sixth or seventh inning. See, this is what I love. He's doing something we've never seen. To watch a guy be a starting pitcher and then move into the outfield and, or move into the DH spot, and it's not like it's some lame experience. He is truly one of the best offensive players we have in the game. 
Yeah, and his speed is something that most people don't realize. But you know, I just always compare him to like a Willie Wilson or Devon White running the bases. They look like they're not going real fast because they're so graceful in their strides, but yet they're there in a second. You know, so even that game against Oakland when he had the the double against Chris Bassett it was basically a slow roller between you know beat the the shift in the infield, it rolls out to the outfield, and he's at second base before you can even breathe. And that was just incredible to be able to see that and. You know, he's, he's that phenomenal of a player that everyone wants to see what he's going to do next. So that's why it's cool that he's actually going to be on the mound today and potentially at some point you might see him in right field or, and in the batter's box. So the flexibility he gives Joe Madden, who loves to be the man we always joke around, he loves to be the mad scientist. That's something, you know, there's a possibility we could see tonight. Yeah, how about that triply hit off the A's where he got those long strides, he eats up ground so fast uh, it's kind of shocking to watch a guy that big be that fast. Yeah, I mean, because this doesn't appear like it is, but he gets down the line as quick as anybody in the game. But going home the third, phenomenal. I mean, even the other day, you know, he, goes, he gets in the cruise control going down to first, and all of a sudden he kicks it into the next gear going to second base, and if it's going to be a triple, it'll be even another gear going towards third base. You know, I think about all the, the, the dynamic and great players you've been around in your career – as a, as a player and as a broadcaster, of course, the great George Brett, the Hall of Famer, and we've talked about Bo Jackson before, and then you think of Mike Trout. Just just what you're witnessing with Shohei Otani, how do you put that into words, what you've seen and knowing what you've been through in your career and you've been around greatness before? I, I, I joke around. It's almost like for people that had a chance to see the Beatles perform live and in person, just that you're just in shock health phenomenally talented that they were and how incredibly talented Shohei is. And, you know, I, I saw something today where he's, he's just thrown nine pitches that are hundred plus miles per hour on the mound. Yet he's hit 13 home runs that are hundred plus miles exit velocity for home runs. I mean, that's, that's just not, it doesn't seem like it's feasible that that's possible, but that's what he's done. I mean, it, it's incredible. And then you mix it six stolen bases he's had this year. Uh, it, it's, it's mind boggling. And it just, you know, but it's so much fun just to sit there and watch, like, what is he going to do next thing? And that's why, you know, opposing teams, they're, they're, the players never move. They're, they sit there and watch him, whether he's on the mound or in the batter's box or on the bases, kind of like it used to be, you know, when you saw, you know, Bo Jackson or, or even Mike Trout, what he's doing on, on the bases or on, on the, at the plate or in the field. You just don't leave. You just want to watch something because you, you tell somebody down the road, hey, I was there when – you know, Shohei hit a ball 450 feet, and yet he still threw a fastball at 101 miles an hour. It's just crazy to think how gifted he is, and, and he's only getting better because he's pitching more. And that's the thing that's scary. The more, you know, pitches he throws in innings, the better he's going to be on the mound because he hasn't pitched a whole lot in the major leagues. And especially over the last three years, he's only going to get better. I'm wondering if this is going to open up some new territory in Major League Baseball because I think back to our third base coach, Mark Kotze, who was the Golden Spikes Award winner at Cal State Fullerton. So I played against him in college, and he'd wear you out and go four for five playing center field. Then he would come in and close games out throwing 97. And I recently asked him, I said, do you think you could have pitched in the big leagues too? And he goes, yeah, I could have pitched in the big leagues. So I wonder players like Otani or Mark Kotze, guys who have the skill to do both, do you think baseball here in the future is we're trying to say, hey, let the kids play, let's bring more fun into the game, that we could see more two-way players? 
I don't know why they wouldn't. It, you know, obviously it, it frees up a roster spot to you for as it matters. You're, you love that. And you don't want to limit, you know, yourself as far as, 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 as a sport and even for the fan base to limit a, an incredible athlete from doing things that, that nobody else has done before. If you're a guy that can hit the baseball well, but also you can close out a game, you know, a big-time arm, like you mentioned, Kase, if he could do that, why would you not? I mean, it, it, it's an entertainment you know, aspect of baseball, but you're also trying to win games, and, and you put your best athletes, your best players in position to help you win. Why wouldn't you try that instead of always going, well, you're going to pitch or you're going to hit, and that's it. You know, you got to have a little bit of flexibility to give yourself a chance to win a game, and that's what it's all about is winning games. Well, you know, it was so odd that we didn't see you guys until like the 51st day of the season. It was just, it was bizarre. And I was asking everybody, I asked Ken Korak, I asked Ray Fossey, I asked everybody, I said, if I would have told you at the start of the season that the first time we see the Angels, there's going to be no Mike Trout and there's going to be no Albert Pujols. And everybody just went, wow, I didn't even think about that. But just how strange is it right now? You think of, I mean, Trout's the best player in the game, and then obviously Albert Pujols, a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, that thing, you know, obviously it's tough to see that. You always want Trouty in there every second. You, As, as a baseball fan, certainly if you're an Angel fan, you want Trouty in there. And, and, and Albert not being in the uniform after, you know, nearly 10 seasons of doing what he's doing on his way to Cooperstown, it is odd for anybody looking on from, from afar. But, uh you know, it was it was a pleasure being around Albert all those years, and, and still in contact with him as much as possible. He's doing some pretty good things there with the Dodgers, but uh, you know, Trouty, we're hoping to get back in there before long, maybe another five weeks, four or five weeks. But uh, the game needs the star players playing, and and it's, it's tough when you see like even Corey Kluber, who was a no hitter this year, is going to be on the shelf for two months. Noah Syndergaard at, at a setback. You, you want the best players playing. That for the entertainment factor in our sport right now, because you have so many phenomenal athletes, and so many great stories. You want the best players on the field. Man, everybody's throwing a no hitter this year. Have you thrown one? <laughs> it's maybe one inning. <laughs> My closest one was up there in Oakland when I threw a one hitter. That was the closest I've ever come to a no hitter. But uh, it's a different environment. Uh, you know, hitters are up there with a different purpose. It's trying to do as much damage on every pitch they see before it was like guys were trying to get on base and kind of keep the line moving but you know i I think in the end the game is going to end up being better because it's going to work its way towards the middle of both that philosophy and 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 the newer philosophy as well so the last time we played you guys we had uh mark langston on he's a fellow san jose state spartan he's uh love mark langston he's the best player we've ever had and we always love bringing him on and he made an excellent point because Mark struck out a lot of people in his career. And I'm like, what would it be like today where now these guys don't care? I mean, Mark, we have games where we strike out 12, 11 times, and no one even says anything. And But Mark made this point, and I wonder if you're seeing this too, is that hitters today have one swing. It doesn't matter the count. It doesn't matter the pitch. And they're just going to swing this one way compared to guys back in the day used to make adjustments. There was two-strike approach. Uh, are you seeing just basically one swing no matter what the circumstances are? Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't blame the players because that's what they're being taught even at, at the high school level now. Uh, you, you go and talk to high school, high school coaches or guys are going in and getting their hitting lessons from instructors. That's the philosophy that's being taught to them. You know, just swing, really, basically swing as hard as you can. Just like on pitchers, throw as hard as you can. Uh, I was not a strikeout pitcher ever. 
but I'm guessing I would have had a few more strikeouts in this era than I certainly did in my era. But, uh, you know, I always believe it. I still say the same thing in out and out if you're on the mound. And as a hitter, forcing the defense to make a play, to me, is as important as, as hitting a home run. Because everyone's a human being. There's going to be plays not made or, you know, might be a ground ball in the infield that hits a, you know, a piece of, you know, a dirt or a rock into the infield that goes by you. Remember, Dave Steve had a no-hitter going in the ball, had a rock went over to the second base instead. They're not robots. They're not going to make every play. So put the ball in play, make it, make it, you know, play. And then, you, then there's certain spots during the course of the game where, yeah, you're looking for some damage, looking for a home run, an extra base hit. But until that point comes around, I think just making contact is, is, is every bit as important for a hitter. And, and just from the purely selfish reasons, I love defensive plays more than anything else. So when the ball is in play, you're seeing these incredible athletes making great plays in the field. Let's end on this. When the shift gets beat, it just seems very deflating for the pitcher. And I'm wondering where we're, when we're going to get a stat, because we had an instance up here where the Twins were in town and Josh Donaldson was basically playing shortstop, and he screwed up a play at second base. And you're like, you know, Josh came up as a catcher, made into a third baseman. I can't imagine how comfortable he is playing shortstop. So I wonder what guys' true metrics are while they're in the shift. When you put your shortstop out in right field, no one's come up with that. And, and I'm hoping at some point we'll have that to see if you move a player off of his natural position, does he still perform as well? But as a pitcher, what do you think it would be like – you get that ground ball to shortstop. You did your job as a pitcher, but there's nobody there, and it's a base hit and an RBI. It's really frustrating. You're forcing the pitcher to make sure you pitch to the to the defense. And I mean, you know, say a left-handed batter is going against me, and instead of being a guy that's going to throw a sinker down and away, which you can hit a ground ball left side, it's going to be a hit. I'm going to be forced more to go middle, middle in to make sure I pitch to my defense. And I, that wasn't going to be an easy thing for me to do. I mean, it, I could do that with my breaker ball. But my fastball, because it had that tailing action going down and away against a lefty, that uh, it would make it easier. Now, for right-handed batters, you know, you could put three guys over on that left side of the infield, and I would probably be okay. But if they went inside out like a Robin Young or a Paul Molitor, then then I'm giving up a lot of hits. And uh, it, it frustrates you. But I, I think because of a lot of these shifts they're putting on, you're really a limit. And because some teams have limited range on some of their infielders. So you put three guys on the side of an infield, it looks better. But uh, I, I've always loved when, like Anderson Simmons, when he was here, we have it here with Jose Iglesias still, although he's not in the lineup today, you just use, let them use their athleticism to cover that ground so you have more coverage on both sides of the infield instead of this one side. Hey, it's always great catching up with you. Have a good broadcast. Enjoy the series. And I think at some point uh, you guys are going to start traveling again. Yeah, there's always that possibility, Chris. I'm hoping so. I want to get up there to Oakland. I've been up there in a while, so uh, I always have fun getting up there to the Bay Area. Be safe and take care. You got it, Chris. Have a good one, my friend. Mark Gubazad joining us right here on A's Cast Live. And, Ray, I'm sorry about yesterday having the uh, day off after the show. So we got to have you on on a Thursday instead of a Wednesday. Why would you have a day off? Well, I, I did the pre and the post, but we didn't do so? A's Cast Live. What is that on your hat? Is that a Mariners? Travis Mathis. Who's it's that? a golf thing. Oh, okay. How things going, buddy? Uh, I'm 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 excited. Uh, I'm excited for tonight. It's yeah. going to be something you really. I, I know I've never seen. I've never been to a game where 
a guy pitched and then went out to the field right. or DH'd and hit? You have enough room, Cody? Okay. I haven't either. I haven't either. I mean, you know, I played pre-DH when pitchers yeah. actually hit. But uh, since that has happened, I can't recall. Uh, I believe that there are some guys who could have, like Catfish and Holtzman, guys who are good hitters. And I have to mention Blue Moon because, you know, Blue Moon's birthday is coming up. And he listens to everything we say. And if I don't mention his name, he, he'll contact me. <laughs> You'll get a text. Oh, yeah. He'll say, hey, what about me? What about me? So, Blue Moon, I mentioned your name. Okay. Uh, but, no, it, it's unique. And, um, but I know in the initial lineup he's not in it. So does that mean that uh, when he comes out as a pitcher, he will just stay in and, and hit? Yeah, he'll probably go to the outfield yeah. or he'll DH. You know who, I, who, who easily could have done it? So I played against Kotze in college. Right, I heard you talk about yeah, him. Yeah, and Kotze, I mean, he, he's literally the greatest college baseball player of all yeah. time because he's out there hitting 400, yeah. playing center field, and then he came in the night throwing 96-97. That's beautiful. I mean, it, he was a closer. So when, when that happened, I was thinking when, when I heard you say that, um, did he take his normal eight warm-up tosses from center field coming in and just take his eight and then let it go? Yeah. Well, I think what he'd do, if I remember correctly, I got to go – well, I, if I could go down the field and ask him. Um, <laughs> but he would run down to the bullpen real quick. While, while his team was hitting? Yeah, okay. in, in the eighth. Okay. And then he'd warm up the bullpen, okay. and then he'd gotcha. strike three guys out in the ninth, <laughs> and it was ball game over. But you know what I was thinking also he could be doing? He could be long tossing in the outfield before that inning started, you know, or the inning before. But but that's a good idea to be able to go to the bullpen and then go straight to the mound. But that, now pitching our center fielder, Mark Kotze. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's unique. That's, that's why unique. he was the Golden Spikes yeah, winner. Yeah, that's good. But uh, I think he could have pitched in the big leagues. Well, you know, he had a very good career as an outfielder. Hitter, yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I think I think Otani eventually is going to have to make a decision on that as well. You know, but, uh, you know, right now, and I'm, I'm happy that Joe Madden finally said, hey, we're not going to baby you, you know. You, you're going to hit. You're going to pitch. Let's go, you know. And uh, it, it's almost like the Angels need him badly. You know, they need him as a hitter because Trout's out and they're pitching. Um yeah, they could use them as well. But, yeah, it would be interesting, and especially tonight is the uh, AIP something uh, Asian Pacific. Um, yes, th that's right. That's tonight. So it's perfect that Otani is pitching and because uh, we've been promoting it, thinking that he was going to be pitching on Friday, and this is the, the night. But uh, then they changed uh, the rotation where he's pitching tonight. But it's um, – Asian Pacific something. I, I can't remember exactly because Delaire puts it up. Hey, by the way, I've – It's uh, about anti-Asian hate, and, yeah, it's right. It's what, appropriate that he's going to be on the mound tonight. But that's not what that anti – it's not. It's that there's. It's called uh, – it's AAIP or something like that. But it's uh, – it, it doesn't mention that. But, uh, yeah. But anyway um, – did you did you notice? I know you've been talking about the the, the wind that Delaire's been putting up on NBC Sports California and how the wind blows in, blows out. Whatever. Every single time a guy hits a home run, like like when Mark Canna went opposite field, I, I'm, I'm, it makes me think about you guys because it's like, well, how's the wind blowing? Because we look out right now. What time is it? It's uh, four thirty-five. Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Night is what is tonight. There you Thank go. You. Thank you, Cody. The the flags on top of Mount Davis are heading out to left field. The flags that are down the right field line 
are blowing out of the stadium. I mean, the wind's yeah. all over the place around here. But let me tell you this. Yesterday, that high arcing fly ball, home run that Matt Olson hit. Yeah. They did the wind. If the wind had been blowing, let's see, had it not been blowing out, it would have landed in, by the warning track. So it kept it. It, 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 it helped. It helped. So it would have kept it in yeah. if it was a reverse wind. Yeah. And the, uh, when he hit the grand slam down the right field line, um, can't remember who it hit it against, Alcala, Alcala, whatever. The wind, because when the ball left his bat, he's kind of doing one of those, and you figure it's going to hook. The wind kept it straight, hit the foul pole. So there's two home runs that he's gotten this year. And I'm not speaking out of school because we showed it on the air. Yeah, yeah, you're TV. seeing it. But, uh, but, but Delaire pointed that out yesterday, at least. They pointed out they showed the shaded area where the ball would have landed versus where, which brings up to a point of playing the outfield. And I thought yesterday was perfect example of how great Laureano is in center field for the athletics and how Kelnick in right field yesterday – Nothing against him because he's young and just come up, and he's, uh, you know, he's a great hitter. But see how he drifted on that ball yesterday? He drifted on it, and the wall stopped him. Now, if you see a high fly ball like that, and that's the thing that Laureano does so well, he goes to the wall to where he can jump vertically straight up, whereas what Kelnick did, he drifted, and as he got back and thought he might have a chance to catch the ball, he, he started to jump, and the wall stopped him. Now, if he goes back to the, to the edge of the wall, and I've always thought that if you're an outfielder, and that's, to me, Laureano's special, you know, robbing guys going over. And when he goes over the fence, he doesn't allow his wrist to hit the fence to knock the ball out. He grabs it almost like a, uh, like a, a high jumper where he goes over and kicks his legs up so he doesn't hit the bar. Well, Laureano goes over and catches the ball, and he'll bring it back before his wrist hits the wall and knocks it out and, and puts it over the fence. But that, to me, was the difference yesterday because we have seen Laureano rob guys, but he typically – it didn't happen in Anaheim because the ball, I think, wall shit was a line drive, and the wall stopped him. But if it's a high arcing, and he robbed a little bit later, who did he get uh, uh, Rendon? Because that was a high arcing. He went back to the wall, jumped straight up, brought it ball back in. His, he was a good two feet over the fence and brought it back in. So I think that's the difference of what we're fortunate to see Laureano on a regular basis, that it helps a situation like that. Whereas yesterday, if, if Kelnick had gone to the wall, he might have been able to rob Olsen of a home run. But it didn't happen. And uh, you need to talk to Sean about your phone? No. You're okay. I know you're looking up there. Shauna's a genius when it comes to, uh, to, to technology. Why do they make it so hard? I don't know. I'm I, I mean, seriously. But you're younger than me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm struggling. <laughs> you, you, know, you know when we, we see opposing teams miss fly balls during yeah. the day, and we always go, oh, it's a yeah. high sky. And yeah. we're like, well, why is the sky different here than it is at Dodger Stadium or the Big A? It, I, think, I think what we're finding with your, with your new toy, that the wind plays havoc. And especially, like, once you get at, at nighttime and it's really blowing, right. if you've never played here before or you're not used to it, I could see out. there's a reason why outfielders yeah. struggle. And you know what? That's why yesterday when Seth Brown, you know, Laureano maybe lost it. You know, you, you get a lot of white shirts in the background in the stands, and, you know, you're watching the ball. And Seth Brown cut in front. Otherwise, the ball is going to drop. But it's a different angle. But, you know, as far as the sun's concerned, 
I've seen outfielders, and Laureano did a little bit later, where you kind of turn away to where you get a different angle of the ball coming down instead of looking directly at it into the sun. You see them turn and make the catch that way. See, I don't think Matt Chapman's ever wore sunglasses. You notice yesterday when he dropped that ball and almost hit him in the head? He didn't have sunglasses on. And, and I think I remember saying that just something about it that bothers him to have them on there. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the best ones are the, the flip downs because they have the best UV that you can actually look in the sun. But the, the, t the technique there is to have them down, find the ball or up and find the ball, then tap your cap. They go yeah. down, and then you could see it. But uh, but they have the best UV, but you don't see them because they're not cool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to have the wraparounds that are really cool. They're not you know? Oakleys, Ray. <laughs> That's right. i got to be pimping no, my Oakleys. They, yeah, no, Oakleys are best. They're, they're the best. But, you know, I've, I've even noticed that the Oakleys allow a catcher to wear sunglasses, which is good because, yes. uh, of all people, you need a little help, especially on a foul ball or a fly ball. Um, I don't believe that the one Murph – had dropped the last homestand was his fault. Shouldn't have been. That was against uh, Tampa Bay. Fly ball ended up being dropped. I mean, that ball was up. To, it's, it's Ray Guy territory. You know, the hang time was so long. You know, you got a The third, Hall of Famer Ray yeah, Guy. Yeah, but, I mean, whenever he kicked, that always talked about his hang time. Well, that ball went up. The last player, you know, when, that, when I was catching, and a ball go up, I say, help! <laughs> you know, I mean, you yell because it's easier for a guy coming in. And just like with an outfielder, same thing. An outfielder comes in. Seth Brown did a good job yesterday also. He's done it in left. He's done it in right. And not, I'm just pointing him out because it happened yesterday. He's running in. Infielder's going out. You can see the infielder peel off because Seth Brown said, I got it. And that's what you do as an infielder. You go out until you hear an outfielder. But you can't tell me it's easier for an infielder to be going out trying to check a ball, just like with Pender down in Anaheim catching the ball over his shoulder. You know, I mean, that's an impossible play, and he made it. It was a great play. You know, took the big divot, replaced his divot. I was thinking yeah. of you as a golfer, you know. you know, That's kind of what yeah. my divots look like, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, there's, there's a technique and there's a reason that I think um, – I, I think the outfielders for the athletics, it, it's all about technique. It, it's about – uh, whenever the A's had the walk-off, um, uh, I think it was against the Twins. But when the center fielder, because probably, like you said, the wind got him. Yeah. Because he's under it. Then all of a sudden, he takes a step back. He's on his heel. I said, it's over. Done. He can't make, it, <laughs> can't make the throw. You know, and, and, you know, that was even before he made it because there's no way. And the, the great thing you see, the A's outfielders, and perhaps they know the conditions because they do it so well, but you can see them get behind the ball, and they start charging. So by the time they catch it, it's maybe a step, step and a half. Boom, they're throwing. And you get back on your heels, you have to recover, and then you're probably looking two, three, maybe four steps before you can make the throw. And you better have a cannon if you're taking that long. Otherwise, you better get behind the ball and do what the A's outfielders do so well. Um, if, if back in your day you would have uh, you would have rolled out of the clubhouse and what did, did the walk down and all of a sudden it's time for A's baseball and you put on shades behind the dish for a day game. What would have happened? <laughs> well, I don't know because I never would have done it. <laughs> <laughs> what would Dick Williams say? Uh, I would say, Skip, I need help because it's a bright, sunny day, you know, and he said, take those things. But, you know, uh, it, it was, I never wore the hockey style mask and I don't see how those guys do it because it's so close to your face. But, uh, but I'm kind of happy they do because at least when you take your mask off, the glasses don't come off. 
See, I wore glasses when I first started catching before I got contacts, and that was horrible to try to catch and then try to pull the mask out and then up versus just straight up because if you pull it straight up, all of a sudden you're looking up, where's the ball? I can't see it because I don't have my glasses on. So it, it, Steve it, Yeager played with glasses right. on, but, yeah. But they were, they were close to tight, you know, and they were bigger and they were tight. Close to, his, close to his face, which, uh, you know, if, if you're going to wear glasses like that, you have to do something to help yourself. But uh, I'm happy that the guys can wear the sunglasses. I, I think uh, Phil Nevin was the first I ever saw wear glasses hitting. Okay? Yeah, he did it in college. And he was the first guy to – Do you know why? Because he wanted to get paid someday? No, because they can't see what his eyes were doing. You think about it. You're at the plate looking out. Now, if I don't have glasses on – you can see my eyes go back to see a sign or location for the catcher. You have sunglasses on. You can't see that. Okay? But you think about that. Guys who wear sunglasses when they're hitting, you can't see the eyes. I've seen, matter of fact, when, when I was uh, working my first year, I was uh, PR and broadcasting. So when the team was at home, I was in the public relations over in the booth. But I had a monitor, and I saw an opposing hitter's eyes go back looking. I called the dugout. I mean, public relations director is not supposed to be doing that, but I called the dugout and said, hey, he's cheating. He's looking at your catcher. Oh, we'll take care of that. And, you know, there's a, there's a way you take care of that. But if you think about sunglasses, then you could be at the plate and be looking at the pitcher, but your eyes can go back and you can see exactly. You don't have to see the signs, which most guys, I mean, the way the signs are. But if that catcher moves, say, yes. outside, yes. location is probably as important, if not more important, than the, than the pitch itself. Because at least you can set yourself, set yourself up to make a swing, an approach, knowing where the ball is going to be thrown versus what the actual pitch is. I think if, if you know what the pitch is, you come out of your shoes. Here comes a fastball, and then all of a sudden you're swinging and not even watching the ball, and you, you miss it. I went 0 for 4 in Venezuela, and the other catcher went 0 for 4. We went 0 for 8. We're telling each other because he had a, he was close to home run record. Fastball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, of course, the umpires in Venezuela didn't speak much English, so. <laughs> Wasn't a whole lot of dialogue between you guys? No, just a fastball, changeup, curveball, you know. But we went 0 for 8. So, you know, that's the old theory about it's not so much you know what's coming to help you hit. It's what you know that's coming that prevents you from swinging at a bad pitch. You think about it. Well, there, 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 there's, a, there's a huge difference if you know someone's trying to bust you in. Yeah versus go away yep. and you know the scouting report on that guy by the way phil nevin he just wore he's another cal state fullerton golden spikes award winner like kotze he wore us out i think his his junior year because he, he knew everything that was coming he, was, he, hit, he, hit, <laughs> he hit like 424 so with like 30 bombs so what does that tell you uh, yeah. you're the same you said he was the first to wear sunglasses in college right yes okay and i remember when he got to big leagues i saw that and i went wow and i realized you can't watch your eyes if you're wearing sunglasses. Now, guys will – I know Wade Boggs wore glasses because he, he was light-skinned, and he hated the Coliseum because it was so bright. So when they put him in Mount Davis, and I'll never forget, he took Bart from San Francisco, took Bart, came across the ramp and walked out of center field. With his back to center field, he got the home plate, turned around, and goes, wow because he knew he could see the ball coming out of Mount Davis. The chicken man was taking Bart? <laughs> yeah. 
or well, it had to be because he came out of the center field, <laughs> came down the center field ramp, so he, he had to. But uh, but but he also wore sunglasses because of the fair skin, and he, he always had to squint in day games. And of course, that would take away from. I mean, if your eyes are wide open, you're going to see much better. And, and Mark McGuire, remember, uh, wore contacts, and it was tough on him. Because the nighttime, the wind would blow, and he's always squinting because of the, the wind blowing, his eyes tearing like that. So uh, it, it makes a big difference. And listen, man, if you can't see, you can't hit. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you can't see, you can't hit. And that's the first thing. If you struggle as a hitter, send him to the eye doctor. <laughs> it's the first thing. Second time, you do, you're released. <laughs> they realize you can see, but you're a bad hitter. So get him out of here. Well, and that was the thing. And – it was the first time I ever heard it when Tony Gwynn was doing an ESPN game where he said, you know, you guys all think the benefit of steroids is about getting stronger. For a lot of these older guys, what it does is it, it improves their eyesight. Thank you. It gets their eyesight back to like when they're in their prime because as we all know, as we get older, we start to lose our legs and we lose our eyesight. And that's why you end up playing golf, because the ball doesn't move. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. A lot of truth to it. And, and, you know, here's one of the greatest hitters of all time in Tony Gwynn. You know, but I, I also heard that that particular usage not only helped your eyes, but your hand-eye coordination to where, you know, we, when you play the game, you have this God-given ability to hit the ball. So you can imagine – that if it improves your hand-eye coordination, so your eyes are better, your hand-eye, everything is working better, you're a better hitter. And to the point that I think I would watch some guys, it's like the ball would travel, and as that approach home plate, it would stop. And the hitter would decide, am I like going to swing or not swing? And that's, that's great because that, that's pretty good to, to know that the only pitch you're going to swing at is going to be a strike. And I, I think you could see that in some guys who had the ability to do that. When we had guys either having or matching career years at like 37 yeah. and 38. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or how about and, – and it's been well known. Brady Anderson hit, what, 40, 49 home runs one yeah, year? Never, yeah. never sniffed 10 or something like that yeah. after, you know, that happened. But uh, – but then I remember seeing him. I'm going, man, alive, you know, and seeing different guys. And oh, well, I lift dumbbells all winter. You lift dumbbells and you put on all that extra for three months, <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> well, typically when you lift weights, you lose weight, and then you you get the muscle back because muscle. I mean, you get rid of the fat, and I guess then the muscle comes. And but yeah, you you don't do that in the off season. But anyway, that's another story because. Anybody that does that now is stupid with the amount of checking. Yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna the get amount caught. of testing they're doing. James Caprellian. I I just I, I've liked watching him pitch. Yeah. He pitch he he's got a good pace to him. He pounds the strike zone. Right. He knows that he's got a good defense behind him. Right. He can pitch to contact, which keeps his pitch count down, right. which allows him to get deeper into games. He could have gone eight yesterday. And I was thinking about you last night, by the way, when, when Dusty Baker sent out uh, Garcia for an extra inning. You know, they, they kept saying, oh, this is the most he's ever pitched. He's not going to go back out. He goes back out, and he does well. And I said, Townie, you're exactly right. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, but, but that's true. But, you know, did you ever find out? Why the hundred pitch mark is the? Is the I benchmark? keep asking, and, and I have no one's given me any right. science. But, uh, but you know, I, I think. 
you know, if a guy goes seven, you know, usually you have an eighth inning pitcher and a ninth closer. It's the guys that go five, and you have to have four innings to get a win for the team. That's hard. That's hard for a manager, pitching coach to maneuver to guys to do that. And, and Caprillion experienced that down in Anaheim where, uh, you know, his pitch count was up a little bit, came out of the game. He was leading, but, you know, it just didn't work out. But, no, I, I think Caprillion has done a great job, and um, I don't know what's going to be happening, and, and I don't know that any of us in this room know what's going to be happening, but I don't think he's leaving the rotation. I don't see how he can. And, and I know they keep talking about Puck and Lazardo coming back. Uh, Lazardo probably quicker, but Lazardo knows how to pitch out of the bullpen because he came to the big leagues. Yes, you know, pitching and out. was good at it. Very good. He did it in Houston. I mean, he just mowed through that lineup. You know, uh, at a, at a time when when <laughs> they were good like they are right now, and, and he did a great job. So, um, but but I think with the the starting staff that's there now, who who are you going to eliminate if Lazardo comes back and they put him in rotation? Really, is there's only one? Is it be Caprillia? And he's pitched so well. He should be 3-0. and And the fact that he pitched so well in that Boston game, he loaded the bases with nobody out and ends up giving up one run because he walked the batter after getting two outs with uh, bases loaded and nobody out. And all of a sudden, he's pitching to, to the hitter with the bases loaded and two outs. And, I'm, Whoa. and I said, that's the hardest one ends up walking. But to get out of that, giving up just one run and ended winning that game, it, it's like, okay, you know. Everything's done. I, I'm in the big leagues. I'm pitching at Fenway Park, which is hard anyway. And then he goes to Anaheim. He's got his family and his friends there, everybody having a great time to the point you see his dad got up and left, <laughs> went to sit by himself. <laughs> and, and, and you guys like, he's got a clicker. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Delaire told me, Delaire Lawars, and told me yesterday that there's an article in The Athletic about Doug, Caprillion and his dad, that it's a coin that he got from uh, uh, USA Baseball. They gave it to him, and it's kind of like a good luck charm that he keeps in his hand. It's a calming effect, and but it's also kind of like the good luck that he has. So oh, I like the clicker story. I, I, I know, I know, because <laughs> when I saw that hand closed and he's clapping, I said, he's got something. I, and then he's done all this like an umpire. I said, that's a clicker, man. He's counting pitches. You know? <laughs> he said if he's going along the same thing with uh, with Emo, you know, counting them. But uh, – but, no, it was exciting watching it. But the funny thing, when he sit in that group and then, okay, you, enough fun. I'm going to go down here by myself and watch yeah. my son pitch. You know, We're going to ask him about that. He's coming up next. <laughs> Is he, yeah, it, that's great. By the way, the next time he goes to Las Vegas, it's going to be on vacation. Who's he? James Caprillion. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't see him. Uh, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he there's no more aviators in his future. Yeah, I think so. And, and by the way, you're talking to Caprillion? Yeah. Um, Rex Hudler sent me a text the other night. The Hudman. The Hudman. He's, you know, but he said, uh, he mentioned about Caprillion, how great of a kid he is, and he said that his wife, Jennifer, is good friends with Caprillion's mother, who unfortunately passed away. So uh, the connection was there, and he was just raving about him. You know, how, obviously, the way, way he pitches, but also just a, a good kid, you know. And Hud knows good people. He, he's a good man himself. But uh, but I think Caprillion, just, just watching his composure on the mound, you know, and, and Chappie makes a good play yesterday in a little fist pump like, yeah, you know. But you know what? Every pitcher should realize this is a good defensive team. Often, I mean, defensively, they've got an infield and the outfield. They can run, track them down. And so, you know, if you, like you always said, as, as a former pitcher, you pitch to contact. Strikeouts are great. Pitch guy gets up, though. But if you pitch to contact and you let the guys behind you do their job, 
I mean, I'm not saying just groove fastballs and let them hit ropes and gappers and balls in the seats. But, you know, generally speaking, if they put the ball in play, you got a defense that's going to be able to handle anything they do put in play. So I think it's, I think it's good in that respect. But he, he you know, just, just watching him pitch and, and watching, I, I think, the composure for a kid who's been through a lot, obviously, from the personal standpoint and from the pitching standpoint, I think he's been remarkable. And I'm glad he got the shot when he did. And if you think about Irvin and um, who's the right-hander that were going head-to-head in spring training, um, Dalton Jeffries. Dalton Jeffries, right. And uh, but then all of a sudden Caprillion comes out of nowhere because Jeffries, if Jeffries hadn't been hurt, he probably would have been called up. But instead, it's Caprillion, and they got his feet wet last year. Uh, but this year, he's been spectacular, and I think he fits in perfectly in the rotation. Well, your partner, Gaylord Perry. If he's going to get his 350 innings, he's not coming out in the fifth. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Gaylord, four and a third. You're done. We're going to the bullpen. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I, I Listen, I, Ken Aspermati, and I, you know what? I, that was so classic. People say, what do you guys talk about on the mound? You know, when you go out or the manager comes out, and I'll never forget, and I've said it before. Ken would come. I said, Gaylord, how do you feel? He said, better than the guy in the bullpen. I'm not leaving. <laughs> that's what I – you know what? You know? <laughs> I think that's where we yeah. – I, I think the rubber is going to meet the road, and at some point some of these pitchers got to go, take your you-know-what back to the dugout. You're not taking me out. Well, it, it's, it's the manager goes out, and they respect him so much they're not going to do that. But I will say – I remember, and we bring it up often, when Bob Guerin managed and Dallas was pitching, Dallas Braden was pitching in Texas, he gets eight innings. He's walking towards the dugout, and he says to Guerin, the ninth is mine. Yes, I remember you that. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah, walks yeah. to the dugout, and he completes the game. But, I mean, I mean, it's your game, you know. And I think one of the worst things is that, that a pitcher comes out of a game when he's got guys on, the, on, on bases. Those are his, his runs. Let him get out of his own jam. But the thing that Bob Melvin does so well, let's say it's the top of the seventh inning and the pitcher's pitching, he will do his best to let that pitcher get out of the jam knowing that he's coming out in the seventh inning. I mean, he's done, but at least gives him a chance to pick up the victory if his team, in a, say, in a tie game or trailing, can come back and, and get ahead because he's the pitcher of record and then the bullpen can save the game. But Melvin does a very good job about that, doing that. You know, that's, again, maybe a former catcher realizing the importance of having the confidence in a pitcher. But, uh, you know, uh, Bob Melvin played for Sparky Anderson. I remember Sparky one time went to the mound and the pitcher talked him out of coming out of the game. Before he could sit back down, the guy had given up a home run. <laughs> so then now you'd watch Sparky at O-Tiger Stadium. He hit that top step point. <laughs> Bring the guy in. He was not going to be talked out of it again. You know, that's what happened. Okay, so. this is what happened yesterday. That's what drives me nuts. I understand you have all this data that says pitchers, what they do the first time through the lineup, second time, third time, and a lot of times the numbers are dramatically different. But if a guy's out there dealing yeah. and he's feeling it, you got to throw that data out. I agree. Because – Caprellian was mowing through that lineup, and you don't know what you're going to get from Yasmero Petit. You don't know what you're going to get from Jake Diekman. I got a guy out on the mound who's rolling through this lineup right now. And Tony, not only that, from the offensive standpoint, they're saying, we can't hit this guy. We're saying, please bring in anybody out of the bullpen because we can't hit the guy that's on the mound. 
So I think that, to your point, that if you bring somebody else in, all of a sudden, hey, well, we don't care who this guy is. He's different than the guy who's just giving up nothing. I mean, Caprillion gives up two hits, two runs, and one inning, and that's it for seven. That's it. That was it. So, yeah, he's mowing through them. But uh, but I've, I've seen where, you know, we're saying, get this guy out of here. We don't care if Cy Young comes in. Just get this guy out. Can't hit him. And sure enough, as soon as the guy comes in out of the bullpen, it just changes your mentality as a hitter completely to the point that you feel, I don't have to worry about this guy. He owned me. He got me out, but he's gone. Now we can start fresh. Yeah, I don't know if you know tonight, you're getting pulled after the sixth inning because we can't have you talking in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. That voice is too precious. We can't. We can't. Uh, no. I mean, no. can you imagine that? Tom Brady, hey, after 35 throws, he's got to come out. No. I'm Phil sorry. Mickelson I'm at sorry. the PGA Championship 50. He only can play 15 holes. <laughs> right, because he's 15. Yeah, because those 16, 17, 18 might get him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. No, it is. It is. Well, you have a good call tonight. I always look forward to it. I always look forward to being on your, your show on A's Cast and always think about the chicken pie shop on Walnut Creek. I mean, all good, man. It's all good. Coming up next, James Caprellian right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, we used to be from Ricky Henderson Field. Oh, I mean, we still kind of are. We're, we're, we're just in the we're, we're we're in Ricky Henderson press box. We're in the Ricky Henderson. Hey, if they're saying June 29th fully open, do we get back on the field? I was trying to figure that out, but uh, I think that's more of a Major League Baseball thing. So we'll, we'll have to we're in a wait and see. We're in a holding pattern, I think, on that. Well, I mean, the, D, the it's all about the tiers, right? What tier you're in, and how many guys have been vaccinated. Yeah. Well, lucky for us, we've been vaccinated. I'm, I'm going on two months, and you're coming on. You're getting close to two months. So, we're getting. I think we're good. We'll see. Let's get back on the field and talk to guys face-to-face. I mean, no offense. I mean, I love being crammed in this in this box with you, me, and Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the treehouse going to be open? Uh, I mean, if you're going to have people in the treehouse, why can't we be on the field? If that's going to be filled in there with people. Am I going to be back in the treehouse doing the show? It's a great question. It's a good. It's a really good question. I mean, we'll we'll find out. But again, um, if anyone if anyone could social distance, it could be us on the field interviewing people. Because I'll be next. To, you and I will be six feet apart. And we're going to put the players or whoever we talk to on the other side of the table six feet apart from us. And I already, you already know I sanitize everything when we're done with people anyway. So, all right, let's see what we can do. All right, earlier today we caught up with James Caprellian. Hey, it's great to have you back on the program, uh, and life's been very good to you lately. Yeah, things have been good. Team's winning, uh, you know, playing good baseball, and uh, just fortunate to be a part of it and, you know, be able to contribute every fifth day. You know, I think about these first couple starts. They obviously were not easy. I mean, when you open up in Fenway Park, then your second one is going to be at home with all your family and friends there. I just talk about what the first couple starts have been like for you. I mean, to be honest, I look at it the other way. I look at it as what an opportunity. I mean, I got the opportunity to face a really good lineup in Boston, uh, a winning program, an organization over there right now. And, um, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to jump on that opportunity and show, you know, the A's and, and the people who are in my corner that, you know, I can pitch in against those teams and, and have success and, same thing, having the opportunity to pitch at home and in front of you know friends and family in the community at Angel Stadium against another good lineup. 
Um, I mean, what an opportunity. So for me, it's just continue to grow and learn and, and build off of each outing. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have really good guys behind the dish who are, uh, you know, leading me, leading me along the way and a great pitching staff to, uh, you know, continue to learn from and the coaches. And it's just, uh, you know, I just got to do my part and compete and be ready to go every fifth day. And, uh, everyone else is, is making it easy for me. And, uh, you know, like I said, just want to go contribute. You know, I think about your time away from baseball because of the surgery, how has that changed you mentally to where you are today? Because you're you're pitching right now with such confidence. You know, it's the surgery and, and all that was so difficult to go through. And I, I just real I feel real fortunate just to be you know be here playing playing the game that I love. And uh, when I was going through surgery and, and that downtime where you're on the training table and you know not feeling as good as you want or not on the baseball field even when you feel good, uh, that's difficult. So for me, it's I'm just enjoying every moment and. Every single time I picked up a weight or, or went for a run or whatever it was, you know, it was to prepare for, for these moments. And uh, I'm not trying to look back and, and, and wish I would have done things different. And I don't think I have. So um, I just want to continue to work hard and, and hopefully stay around for a long time. Yeah, well, I got to tell you, I, I just have loved watching you pitch. There have been times where you've pitched out of jams. But the thing that I love is that you don't work slow. You pound the strike zone, especially with your fastball. Just talk about your philosophy as a pitcher. I mean, I, I just love to attack, guys. You know, here it is. If you're better than me, you know, show me you're better than me and hit it. And uh, I want to go at guys. I know, at the, you know, especially at the big league level, you got to be able to pitch off the fastball. But, you know, I really do feel comfortable throwing five pitches uh, anytime the catcher puts it down. So it makes it, it makes it easier for the catcher. And I think it makes it easier for all of us when we just have a great game plan that I'm able to follow. Um, like the catchers have had this, this entire time so far, and um, yeah, I mean, I like to attack guys. It seems that's what that's what all the great you know the great pitchers are doing. They go after guys, and, and you know, I just want to get ahead in the count and, and put myself in leverage situations. And obviously, baseball is a difficult game, and there's going to be times where I'm in a jam. Um, but you know, when guys get that leadoff triple or whatever it may be, I want to keep them on third base. I want them to get comfortable over there and, and show we can get out of those jams. And um, you know, I'm fortunate that I have extremely good defense around me. Um, there's a lot of guys who are able to make plays. Obviously, we got the gold, gold in the corners and platinum at third. But there's a lot of good baseball players on this team, and, and all sorts of guys coming off the bench who can make you play at any time. So, knowing that I have those guys, I mean, it's it's nine on one out there. It's not just me feeling like I have to do everything. It's it's nine on one. So, um, you know, having that mindset in the back of my head and just trying to keep things small. And, when watch one pitch at a time, I feel like that's, you know, that's what made me who I am. Well, I love how you mentioned your defense because, yeah, utilize that defense because you know how special these guys are. When you talk about Chapman, you talk about Olsen, you're talking about a platinum glove winner, gold glove winner uh, on, on both corners. I mean, Elvis is – is show, showing the hit, he can still do it. And the outfield, the athleticism, and Ramon Laureano, he's like a human highlight film. Just talk a little bit more about that defense that you got behind you. It's it's incredible. And, I mean, they really make my job easy because on days where I might not have my best stuff, like, to be honest, I didn't feel like I had my greatest stuff yesterday. But for me, trying to be professional about it, you know, knowing I don't have to go strike everyone out, being able to use my defense, in, in that in situations like that, um, I mean, the guys around me are going to make the plays. I just got to put the ball in the right positions and, and, you know, allow guys to not get great contact. And more often than not, those guys are going to make the play behind me, which is it's a really special feeling uh, knowing we have such great athletes on this team. 
You know, I, I look in the dugout during games and, you know, obviously we haven't been around you guys in a long time, but I, I see, I, I always see the pitchers hanging out. I always see the pitchers talking. I always see the pitchers laughing, joking. Chris Bass has talked about how, you know, you guys all critique each other. Just talk about the starting pitchers and how close they are. It's a good group. We got a really good group here and, and the starting pitchers are constantly on each other, you know, keeping each other sharp, keeping each other on their toes. Time. Um, but at the same time, I think we all want to get each other better, which is great. You know, Bassett especially has been uh, a, a really good, uh, I'm going to call him a veteran uh, to me. Um, he's he's done a really good job of, of helping me with some stuff that, hey, maybe I didn't, you know, realize or see. Uh, and, and he's just helped me, you know, with stuff that's happening along the way within the game. So having guys like that, uh, you know, everyone wanting to get each other better, it's, it's only going to make the team better. You know, when we got a bunch of guys competing to be, the best starting pitcher on the staff. You got a bunch of guys who are going to be good starting pitchers on the staff. So I think everyone wants to improve. Everyone wants to get better. And, and we're, you know, we're fortunate. We got a good group of guys that get along really well and have fun. What have you learned at the big league level in these three games that you were surprised and, and you thought it may be different? Uh, I mean, nothing crazy has, has jumped out at me, to be honest. I mean, I feel like I've, even while I was in the minors, I've I've always tried to ask these big league guys questions and and continue to learn and and just prepare. So when I do get here, uh, you know, I'm ready to go. But I mean, there's no question. You make mistakes, guys are punish you here, and um, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just even when you don't have your best stuff, being able to minimize, keep keep the misses small, and and if I have to take a couple miles off on the fastball and put the ball where I want, get soft contact. I need to be able to do that. Well, it, it, it's been one heck of a ride, and just how much fun is it winning and being in first place? Yeah, we like where we're at. I think we got a great team, and I, I think we know that, which is good. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get a win against the Angels tonight and, and uh, you know, win this series at some point. And uh, we're just going to keep it going and keep playing good baseball. And, um, you know, hopefully things continue to, to, to go in our favor and, and we hold that spot in first place and, you know, begin to separate ourselves. When you see Shohei Otani out there, and you know his ability to hit, hit for power, run like the wind, throw the ball 100 miles an hour on the mound, and marvel at his, his split finger fastball, just when you look out and you see the total package, what, what, what do you think when you see him? Yeah, I mean, the guy, is, he's a great baseball player. Obviously, he's got great tools. He seems like he's almost got it all, but, uh, you know, he's on the other He's on the other side, so we got to beat him. And, uh, you know, we don't want to give him too much credit. Uh, but he's, he's a good ball player, and he's obviously fun to watch and has had a huge impact for the Angels already. So um, I think our pitching staff's done a pretty good job of, of, of keeping him pretty min minimal and, uh, and doing a good job. So, you know, we obviously want to continue to do that on both sides of the ball. I know it's early, but has anybody pulled you aside and said, hey, keep doing what you're doing, and you're going to stay here for a long time? No, you know, I just, that's pretty much out of my control. And uh, I just want to continue to work hard. You know, I feel like I know what I'm capable of. I feel like I'm just scratching the surface and I want to continue to compete with those guys and, and get better than them one day. So, um, you know, I just want to keep learning, keep working hard and, and, and helping this team win and, you know, keeping keeping uh, the innings, you know, going fast, and putting up zeros and just doing my job. And, uh, you know, I think if I take care of my stuff, that kind of stuff's going to take care of itself. So. Um, you know, just trying to do my part and whatever happens along the way, you know, that's the way it goes. Let's end on this. 
Does your dad know he's becoming a TV star? <laughs> yeah, he knows. Uh, we 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 give him a, we give him a good laugh, and and uh, he's getting texts and phone calls from everyone. And I think I saw him probably signing a couple of autographs at Fenway <laughs> after that first start. <laughs> but uh, no, he's 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 good, and I'm trying to tell him he needs to relax and start having beers during the game because I don't know if he's gonna make it through a full season with the the excitement that he's going, but uh, he loves it. And, uh, you know, I know how just excited and proud he is. And, um, you know, he's obviously been keeping close tabs of this team for a while now, and he's just happy that I'm, you know, doing my part in competing and, and contributing. And, you know, he's my number one fan, and I'm very fortunate to have him along the way. And uh, you know, I think I think it's, he's enjoying this as much as I am. It, it was hilarious at Angel Stadium where he had to get up and go sit by himself. He couldn't sit around uh, the friends and family anymore. I mean, that and, 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 it, and the way NBC Sports California follows him around with the cameras is just great. I know. It's pretty funny. I almost feel bad for him. He's got eyes on him at all times. <laughs> hey, well, great stuff. Keep, keep up the great work. It's been a pleasure to watch uh, you pitch. And uh, be well, be safe, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. James Caprellian. You better have the breaking news sounder ready to go. Commander Cody. Live from the NBC Sports Desk in New York, I'm Chris Townsend. Well, this is a, a bit shocking. We have breaking news. It's uh, happened during the Caprellian interview. Shohei Otani will not be on the mound tonight. Patrick Sandoval will take his place, who we saw in the last series, and now Otani will be DHing. How about that? So the plan going in was for him to start the game, and then once they take him out, put him into the lineup, because he wasn't in the lineup put him in the lineup after he pitched. So he could have gone to the outfield. He could have gone to DH. But now Shohei Otani will not pitch in this game. And as I've been saying, I don't know the value of him as a pitcher. He now, I mean, he hasn't pitched since May 19th. Well, it's not injury-related. Uh, I think Joe Madden's going to uh, address the media shortly. Um. We don't know what it is, but if it's not an injury, um, I hope it's something fluky or, I don't know, travel-related. Who knows? What but are you saying Dallas Braden is reporting? Something – Dallas put a tweet out on Twitter. I only pulled up. Dallas – Well, that's is, usually put where you yeah. put your tweets on yeah. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he has said he has on pretty good authority that Otani had trouble getting to the ballpark from San Francisco, and he's been scratched from his start. And Sandoval will start in his place, which has happened. Uh, and Otani's going to start tomorrow, apparently. So Otani will be on the mound on Friday night tomorrow against the A's here in Oakland. Wait, so wait, I, I, I don't get it. Is he here? Well, he's DHing, so apparently maybe he's going to be late. I don't know. Maybe he's taking Bart here. I mean, ga- game's <laughs> not until 640. I, I don't know. That's why I guess we've got to wait for Joe Madden to talk. It, 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 it's puzzling the way they handle this guy. It really, really is. And because also, Shohei Otani is not a kid. 
It's not like you're dealing with a guy who's 21 years old. Shohei Otani is 26 years old. That's just bizarre. I mean, they held him back for him to go tonight, and now you're telling me he can't he, he what he can't Uber over in time? Yeah, I don't know. This is a he's not on the team bus. I I don't know. We're not privy to that information. Where's we talked to Gooby too early apparently. Well, well, apparently when we needed him, we talked to him too early. But well, uh, so I guess we'll see him pitch tomorrow uh, is what the plan is. But hey, we're gonna see him DH though. But we've already seen him hit. We haven't seen a pitch. I yet want to this see year. him hit and pitch. Yeah. In the same game. Maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll do it tomorrow. All right. You ready for a little buying or selling? Well, we only got a couple minutes, so I guess I can't get to the Mike Schilt stuff, so we'll save that for tomorrow. It's time for buying or selling. Sell, sell. Right now with Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. Yes, this whole substance on the balls is going to come to a head coming up here pretty soon. Well, you know what? I'm going to get to the one that we want, I wanted to get to the other day. <clears throat> and, uh, well, th- there's audio here, and uh, I think everyone remembers this. I think everyone remembers this video. If you're a kid, you remember it. If you're an adult, you remember it. Uh, let's just play it. Arm strength, quickness, agility, and body control, the essential elements of the winning defensive baseball player. And with Coach Emansky's Defensive Drills video, you'll learn the amazing training secrets of America's finest baseball school. The Defensive Drills video features revolutionary training techniques developed by professional scout and instructor Tommy Nansky. Techniques that get results, producing baseball world's back-to-back-to-back AAU national championship teams and even a gold medal in international competition. In a recent review, Collegiate Baseball Magazine exclaimed, with Coach Emansky's techniques, the future of baseball is here today. Even top professional players are impressed. Just ask Major League superstar Fred McGriff. I'm so impressed with the instruction videos by Coach Emansky that I've given them my full endorsement. Liar. So Fred McGriff uh, is in that video. So Fred McGriff was on ESPN the day Kenny Mayne was doing his final show ever on ESPN. And uh, when the crime dog was on there, he had this to say to Kenny Mayne on his final show. Reveal this to the nation, okay? Honestly, I've never seen the video in my life. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I was like 19 years old, Steve Christmas told me, hey, go visit Tom Amansky down in Orlando, right? He can help you out with your hitting. So I'm like, yeah, okay. So now five years later, I'm in the big leagues. So Tom's like, hey, Fred, you mind helping me out this, with this video? And I'm like, hey, dude, no sweat. I'm in the big leagues. <laughs> big leagues now, right? You know what I'm saying? Kenny, but I've never seen the video. That is, that is, that so, is classic. So uh, I'm not going to play the music again because we're almost out of time. Buying or selling, the crime dog has never seen the Tom Amansky video. He just told you he hasn't. Are you buying or selling it, though? Because how many times guys, I mean, there's times where guys say they haven't seen something and they just say it to say it. But I, I, I'm, you know what? I'm going to say it. I think I believe him. I but totally believe him. He was trying to help his buddy out. Him and Tom Amansky, Amansky helped him out as a hitter. He's, he, he probably got paid. Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> you know, he made, he made almost $66 million in his career. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Should be in the Hall of Fame, I said. Not should. What's his career war? Uh, 52.6. It's pretty good. Yeah, but he, he was back in the day when you led baseball in home runs of like 35 or 36. Yeah. And then all of a sudden here came the juicers, and it changed everything. The crime dog. It's a great nickname. Oh, he was a good player. He was a winning ball player. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was a professional. He was a winner. He was gritty. Versus a losing ball player. <laughs> yeah.
He's a professional hitter. He hated he hated losing more than he liked winning. He was a prof- he was a pro inside the clubhouse. He gave me a professional at bat every every at bat. Aren't they all pros in the clubhouse? <laughs> uh, we we should we should do a Dave Feldman top ten cliches in the game of baseball. That's a good one. I, I, I just saw him. I have to tell him that one. Uh, He's a pro's pro. Uh, I just saw uh, I, Alex Jensen gave me one the other day on the phone. He was telling me something, and I was like, "That that is a total baseball cliche." So well, that's it. We'll save the other. We'll save the the Mike Schilt um, baseball uh, baseball's uh, uh, how do you phrase it um, worst kept secret thing to, uh, for tomorrow. I mean, everybody's using a sticky substance. I mean, come on. Dirty little secret was the word he used. Not that's his words, not mine. Remember, it was Aaron Boone. Who are they playing? The Yankees played somebody, and then the TV showed something, and and it was against the Yankees. But Aaron Boone's like, yeah, I really don't want to touch that because he knows all his guys are doing it. Yeah, probably. That was like two years ago. And Schultz even said he even said, well, we'll play the audio tomorrow. All right, we'll see you. We'll be back. What are we playing next? Oh, we're gonna play the Bill with Dave Cavill. Oh, nice. And then I'll be back at five forty, getting you ready for A's baseball right here on A's Cast. <laughs> This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.